From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for Monday, November 25th, 2013. I'm Susan Spraker. Happy Thanksgiving from the crew at Podcast Stockton. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. We'd love to hear your feedback and your comments. Call or text our listener line at 565-3229 or send your comments to podcaststockton at gmail.com. Coming up on this episode, we meet Paul and Cindy Marsh of Stockton's newest wine bar and restaurant, Mile Wine Company. to bring to you uh, the interview with uh, Paul and Cindy Marsh from the Mile Wine Company. Had a lot of fun recording the interview you're about to listen to. It was just a couple of days, I think, after we did the initial recording that it broke in local news, broke all over on Facebook and the record and all the Sacramento news stations that a complaint had been filed with the California Alcoholic Beverage Control against the Mile Wine uh, Company. And um, there was some threats of maybe closing the business and uh we certainly um were at least i was a little worried and you know what was going to happen there but uh that we didn't discuss that at all during the interview because it didn't happen for a couple days after the interview so uh, you won't hear us mention anything about that but i think it's important that before we play the interview that we at least acknowledge that that happened we found out today uh, online that the Mile Wine Company, um, the complaint has been dropped from the um, Alcoholic Beverage Control, and they will be issued a permanent liquor license, which is very good news for a wine bar. Yeah, that's definitely good news and a fitting occasion for us to finally, after months and months of our fan base begging of us, to put a mic in front of our producer, uh, Greg um, so we can finally get uh, get get his his thoughts. So uh, a producer's perspective. Yeah, a producer's perspective. So Greg, uh, what do you what do you what do you think about uh, about what happened there? Well, I hope you don't regret miking me. <laughs> um, so just on some technical parts, the complaint against the Mylan Company was filed before they even opened. Um, whenever a liquor license is uh, started, they post a notice to. The people within, I think, something like 500 feet. And um, they were aware of that. They went on a temporary license and they were trying to reach out. And there were some difficulties with that, as the article had mentioned. And so it's really great news that they got that removed because uh, pretty much they put everything on the line with being able to deal with this complaint. And if the complaint was successful in preventing them from being issued a license, then they would have had to have closed, and uh, that would have uh, been a very um, unfortunate circumstance for them. Yeah, and for 
Stockton. And for the community. Yeah, that, that was just a shame. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when you've got people that live in that neighborhood that are so dedicated to, you know, opening that kind of a place um, and putting everything they have into it to have something like that be taken away is yeah, would have really been a shame. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's it, it, the... The f- you know, and I, I don't I don't know the com- the person that filed the complaint. I only know what's been on Facebook and what the news organizations locally have reported. But it seems to me, and I've spent a fair amount of time now in the Mile Line Company, that they are just one of many establishments on the Mile that serve alcohol, and that they are um, they care about their neighbors. But it's the Miracle Mile. It's a perfect spot for a wine bar, or, or it's. I can't. We gotta stop calling it a wine bar. It's it's a restaurant and a bar. Um, yeah, not but, sure how they got targeted there. You know, with so many other establishments up and down that street, I, I, I. That was something I had a hard time wrapping my mind around why they would be sort of singled out. Well, I think it's been a little while since there's been a new liquor license issued although there is a couple that have since been issued right around this time and i i wonder if any of them also had similar issues impresso coffee houses trying to get a beer and wine the old matinees opened up as the mile bar so there was a license transfer there so there would have been a notification and we're not aware of those issues that doesn't mean there's not one there i know that the impresso's uh, license has been in a pending status for a while and I, I don't have specifics on why, but uh, those are the kinds of things that can, you know, hold those up. What about Whiskey Barrel Saloon? I think they're a, a new establishment, fairly new, even opening maybe after a while. Mile Wine Company. Um, I wonder if they're experiencing that kind of pressure also. Yeah. yeah. When, when we, when we, we actually all had lunch there recently and talked to them about that and it's, you know, that's a, they're not staying open until 2 a.m. And they're, they're, you know, they're not going to have, you know, they don't have live bands playing every weekend. So it's a, they've, they've had to change their business model a little bit compared to their bar in Lodi. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it seems, uh, it seems ridiculous. But thankfully, um, the complaint um, with my wine has gone away. And, and uh, uh, big reason for the uh, marshes to celebrate, big reason for us to celebrate because that's my new favorite place. Mine uh, too. On the mile. And and in the effort of full disclosure, my significant other is an employee there. Um, and I think one of the things that's very interesting about this is the um, outpour on the social media level on Facebook. Uh, it went all over the place. You know, I think it was even in Stockton History, which is a really big Facebook group. And the comments on this thing have been, you know, easily, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus comments in the various different places that it's been posted on Facebook. So there's a there's a big uh, community awareness of this, and uh, I think it's very interesting how much support has come out for them. And uh, I think, uh, I wonder if that has influenced the reason for the withdrawal, because no one, not even, you know, city officials or, well, council members working on behalf of their district or other individuals have been able to make contact as far as I heard last. So uh, it's uh, I think it's a, a sign of the power of social media and um, public um, need, desire, mm-hmm. support, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
heartening, I thought, to see the community support, you know, come out behind the marshes, people who are willing to write letters, people who are, you know, willing to go the extra mile for the Mile Wine Company. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, definitely, you know, seeing the, the support all over social media, it's like it exploded. And I, for the most part, it seems like everybody behaved. Nobody went uh, kicking down the, the complainant's door. So that's good. Um, and uh, v- very excited to bring you the interview with Paul and Cindy Marsh. So without any further ado, um, let's hear their story. We're joined in the studio today by Paul and Cindy Marsh. They're the husband and wife team behind the newest addition to the Miracle Mile neighborhood. Their place is called the Mile Wine Company. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your place. Uh, what can folks expect when they walk through the door? A place uh, to come and relax. Um, eat, drink, learn. That's kind of our mantra. Um, you know, Come in, have some very fun food, uh, serious intentions underneath. Uh, some great glasses of wine from around the world bottles of wine in case you love them take them home and some fun beers um, just a, a great place to come and, and relax and just let your hair down great that sounds great um, Paul you're um, a sommelier but not just a sommelier you are a certified sommelier so can you tell us what the difference is with that and what the process is to, to get that kind of certification uh, certified sommelier it's uh, it's the level where it, it goes beyond service. Um, you know, you, you could become a sommelier on level one and, and, and learn the steps of service and, and perform those in a restaurant or, or winery operation. Uh, but at the certified level, you know, there's four levels going up uh, the ladder. Uh, certified, a lot of theory goes into play. And the theory with that aspect is knowing the history, the, the social background, on each region, uh, the grapes in that region, the stylistic wine making going back, you know, to as a coastal region. This is why the wines are a certain acidic profile or a bigger body done in oak. And a lot of times that's what it goes back to, you know, the, the history of, of why this grape has come to this style in this area. So now we get into the real reason why I wanted to talk to you guys which is I want to learn about wine <laughs> and I love that uh, you know you said that uh, your restaurant's about um, you know is there to eat drink and learn and all of that stuff you talked about about being a certified sommelier can be a little um, over the head of the average I'm a new wine drinker I don't know much about wine or grapes or styles I know colors it's either red wine or white wine so how do you um, at the Mile Wine Company how do you how do you bridge that gap between people that know a lot about wine and those that are just learning? Being approachable. Um, that's why one reason our dress code is blue jeans and a black shirt and a smile. So, you know, wine can be intimidating, but first and foremost to me, wine should be fun. Um, there's never a wrong answer except for the bottle's empty. That is the only wrong answer. Right. Uh, but it's making sure that I can translate over to everybody who has a question or general feelings, you know, everybody has a comfort zone. You know, Aunt Linda might love her white Zinfandel. You know, you might have grandma who loves that buttery Chardonnay, which I will not name right now, but we do carry. Uh, at the same token, you know, dad might like that really big, robust, dusty cab from Napa. And how to translate that over somebody who wants to learn that has not 
had those specific styles might you know get into the lighter side of reds and work their way up to a bigger bolder style is uh i, I like to bring people back to when they're kids you know the first taste profiles unlock that mental rolodex and think about candy you know how do you take your coffee you know a lot of times these translate exactly over into your taste profiles that you like you know say if somebody takes their coffee black you know you you like very tannic properties uh, in, in your wine so you might have that big Howl Mountain Cabernet or that really really dense rich Primitivo or if you you know like your good old cherry Jolly Ranchers you might like that Pinot Noir from you know Santa Barbara so a lot of times uh, I'll try to challenge people to find a couple things in the glass that you can smell or fruit pro profiles or you know a couple things that they love and then you can bring that gap and at the same time a light bulb will pop in their head and I'll see a smile and then then at that point I know okay we're on the right track so how do I how do I tie the next one it's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon at that point you know so <laughs> and get everybody in their comfort zone and the thing is I am a sommelier so you know that's it's a French term for wine steward um, I like to call myself a cork dork you know it's <laughs> love it. It, it it's it's a fun thing that you know wine makes people smile at the same time socially you know you can have people from you know all different classes uh, in, in the work world but yet everybody's just a person having a glass of wine sitting around the table together and so once I can ease somebody into the fact that I'm just kind of a, a walking Rolodex of knowledge on how grapes taste here there and, and everywhere it comes to a point like oh this is just Paul you know, Paul knows a lot about wine, just like Fred knows a lot about 32 Chevys or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or she might know a lot more about Apple computers than I do. So um, that's pretty much what I am. It's just I'm just another guy who might geek out a little more than usual. So I think that's so interesting uh, what you were talking about with the um, with the flavor profiles. Um, especially asking someone what their favorite candy is as a way to get to wine. I, I don't think, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of, you know, wine tasting, and I don't think I've ever been asked that question. And um, I just think that's that's really fascinating that that's a, an, an introduction, too. So if Matt told you what his favorite, you know, candy was, you could help him decide what kind of wine to start trying first. Absolutely. All right, cool. Um, Cindy, uh, you have a day job. Right? Yes. You're an yes. attorney? No. 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 Why did I think that? That was actually um, a misprint in oh. the record. I used to be a paralegal um, okay. for law firms. I went back to school to become an urban planner. Ah. And so I work for the city of Stockton now. Wonderful. And I now work in economic development. Uh, I started in planning, but when they had budget cuts and everything, I eventually uh, was moved over to economic development to first redevelopment, now housing. Uh, so I work in the housing division. That's great. And so um, did I read that you kind of maybe got this ball in motion by, by bringing Paul some wine from a business trip? And Yes, yes. With the law firm that I worked at in Washington, D.C., we worked on antitrust uh, cases, so mergers and acquisitions, and we used to travel around the world probably more than 50% of the year. So nice. um, one of the trips I went on was to London, and we had an expense account, and it was – I worked on oil company mergers, so we had a, and it was at the healthy. peak of the market, so we had pretty a healthy expense account, and um, we had a bottle of 
1976 uh, Grand Reserva from Rioja. And I, it was so good. It was like velvet. And I brought the bottle home from London. And the following summer, Paul and I um, took that bottle with us. And we took a trip to Spain and wow. hunted the winery down and um, brought back about 18 bottles in our suitcase with us. And uh, this was pre, pre-9-11. So back then, you were allowed to do stuff like that more than now. Now I think they have a limit. You're allowed to bring one or two bottles per person. Uh, and that's it. Or I don't even know if they allow you to carry on the wine anymore. No, they don't. You could but have been um, hoarding back then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back then it was like as much as you can fit is fair game. So We um, actually bought an extra suitcase just to fly home. And I bet. Probably about five extra packs of tube socks to pack. Yeah. I, I think I still have tube socks from that trip over <laughs> That's a, a great now, plan. So. Good plan. So, Cindy, what's your role um, at, at the Mile Wine Company? I just support Paul, but I've pretty much... Um, just as I am a planner and profession, I um, I planned everything. So my job was pretty much the startup. So I did the business plan. I designed the space. I um, applied for business loans and managed kind of all the background stuff. I deal with all the marketing, uh, uh, setting up the website, the Facebook page, and all of that sort of thing. Wow. And Paul, if I remember right uh, from what I've read already, you spent uh, some time before opening the Mile Wine Company um, at the uh, Firehouse Restaurant in Sacramento. That is a very well-known establishment. And uh, uh, what, you know, what made you decide to leave the comfort of that environment to go out on your own? Well, my son and daughter have been born while I was at the Firehouse. I, I love the Firehouse dearly, the staff. Mario and Deneb working with, you know, two, two of the great guys in California. Um, yeah, you know, with wine and cuisine respectively. And, uh, we had our son Bacchus and our daughter Fiona and the entire time I'm still commuting an hour each way. And so last year I, I had a little accident, tore my knee up. And so meeting Cindy for lunch one day on the mile kind of start looking at all these spaces that look like they could be a, a pretty fun spot. You know, for years, you know, Sydney and I lived right off the mile behind Starbucks and we would walk up and down the mile looking for a place to go, you know, to, to sit down, have a glass of wine or a good beer and just relax, you know, kind of the neighborhood walkability that we had in Orlando and Washington DC where I'm from. And, uh, so we, we said, let's, let's try it. Let's give it a whirl. And this, this way I would stop driving and could be home. This way, I, now I get to take the kids to uh, day school, preschool every morning and get to see them at night when they pull up. And, you know, so my life has thoroughly been enriched by leaving, leaving 28,000 bottles of wine behind. And, uh, and my suit, of course, which I, I don't mind not wearing that every day now. And um, being closer to my wife and, and my children, you know, it's... I, I am so humbled by how many people have come out to support us in our first month. And, you know, that coupled with, you know, my family, I mean, it's a dream come true. You call the uh, Mile Wine Company a, a multifaceted concept, unlike anything in Stockton. And so I'm wondering, how did you arrive at that? What does that mean? And what's the community response been like? Community response has been overwhelming overwhelmingly great uh, essentially we are first and foremost a wine shop secondly 
we are a restaurant, so you can come and sit down, enjoy great small plates. Uh, at the same token, you can have great wine, uh, over 30 wines by the glass. You know, so there's a little bit of everything for everyone. You know, whether it's an old vines in from Lodi by the glass, or something from Australia or Austria, something to to learn. You know, and at the same token, it's helping me further my education as well, because uh, there's still two more levels for me to attain. And uh, the fact that uh, we have wine tastings soon we'll be doing wine classes which would be more education uh, we're working on a time frame for that maybe Saturdays after our, our neighbor at home time uh, kitchen store Lynn she has cooking classes so there's a cooking demonstration this morning so possibly right after that I think it'd be a great fit uh, at the same token uh, monthly wine dinners and the wine dinners are going to be paired you know with the wines you know multi-course you know sit down adventures and you know I, I did quite a few up north at the firehouse and you know after doing 40 or so you know I've got it down pat and I think it'd be awesome to bring that here to Stockton and people could either walk or drive a short distance have a great time and not worry about having to travel too far um, back home with that you know we've got a great staff you know chef David Shorter is uh, a budding genius when it comes to cuisine and you know with with me pairing the wines and, and the beers and having a great time doing it and knowing that you know if it's outside the box that just means we've got to go a little further and it can be done and we're proving that right now and you know the, the smiles I get on just somebody coming in are you really doing truffled deviled eggs locally from Puentes Farms of course right. I'm like yeah and that fun you know, yeah. it's serious, but it's fun. So, but we also have a whole, the whole other side you didn't mention in the retail side um, with the cheese shop. So we have the cheese, and we have everything that would possibly go with wine and gifts, um, like wine bags. If you want to come in and buy a bottle of wine, you can get everything you would need for a picnic. We have the crackers, it's cheese, the olives, kind of all those things go with it. If uh, prosciutto and you know, everything you would need to, to munch on for a picnic. And then we're also doing gift baskets for the holidays. So uh, the months of November, December, so you can come in. We have uh, books on wine education and cheese. Uh, panini and, uh, books. We have books on paninis and farm to fork books and uh, cookbooks. And, and so kind of that whole retail side too. So we have all the different uh, concepts kind of in one space. Yeah, I was going to ask about the, the deli and the cheeses because uh, it was one of the first things that I, well, the first thing I noticed when I walked in is the piano. I mean, that is, that is uh, the, the coolest thing I think I've ever seen, like, to have it displayed that way. Um, There's an awesome story behind the piano, oh, too. Well, I, I would yeah. love to hear that. And I, um, the second thing I noticed was the cheese selection and noticing that uh, I love cheese, and but like wine, I don't know much about it. I just know every once in a while I come across something that I really, really like. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that. It sounds like um, you guys offer an opportunity to learn as well about cheeses. Is that so? Yes, we've got a cheesemonger, uh, Ralph. He has great background in cheese. Um, you know, he's worked at a few other prominent cheese shops in the area and uh, as well gone through the Delta Culinary Program with Chef Berkner. And um, he's been an awesome addition and essentially our cheese and charcuterie plates that you could build on your own at the same time you know have me come over and talk about wine pairings and I'm gonna have this what kind of cheese 
pairing should I have to really enlighten, you know, the flavor profiles? You know, we've had a lot of fun with that, you know, from locally, you know, the Fiscalini with the San Joaquin Gold cheeses, which is incredible, uh, all the way to, you know, um, Femme d'Ambert from, from France, the Ooey Gooey. Lovely. Let me have that with that nice Chardonnay or a Pinot and just melts in your mouth. And uh, I'm sorry, I was remiss and look, overlooked that, Cindy. I apologize. Um, the cheese is my part. I love the cheese. He's he's the wine guy. I'm the cheese person. So. Nice. But uh, it, the fact is, um, on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, starting this coming week, uh, we're doing um, uh, cheese plates to go paired with a bottle of wine. So you talk about date night happening. You know, like, honey, I've got something from the Red Box or the movie store. I'm going to pick up a bottle of wine, and I'll have the cheeses paired with it. So, essentially, insert disc and sit back, relax. That's, That's too easy. No <laughs> excuses. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's important to have people to be able to sit around and enjoy family together. And that's that's another great aspect that I want to help out with. Yeah. All right. So, let's hear it. I want to hear the piano story. The piano. Um, the piano was... Um, purchased a long time ago by our landlord and he um, had a cell in our space before we leased the space and was trying to sell a lot of antiques in the space and this piano was one of them as you know moving a piano multiple times is not that easy so he um, told us that we could have the piano and uh, suggested that we remove the insides of the piano and gut it and hang it on the wall as a wine rack Um, so we started doing some research and found out that this is a hundred-year-old Busendorfer piano, which is highly collectible. And after talking to some people, um, they they kind of had panic attacks when we told them, we're going to rip all the insides out of this piano and hang it on the wall. What do you think about that? Could you help us take it apart? And no one, everyone was like, no way. We're not going to help you. That thing's historic. A couple and, of the guys from the Brubeck Institute said it would be sacrilegious. So yeah. we, oh, wow. we deferred. Yeah. So um, when we were trying to figure out what to do with it, uh, we learned, uh, we had some people look at it and figured out that it needed a whole lot of work, probably $15,000 worth of work to get it in working order. So um, one day we had to move it out of the way. And as Paul and I were pushing it um, to do some painting uh, in the uh, wine shop area, um, the whole thing fell over and the legs broke off. And (laughs) so we kind of had to think of what are we going to do with this piano and Uh, One of the things that we found out through the building department was we had to have sort of a half wall in between the dining area and the retail area. So the piano was in that general area, and we decided this will be our new wall, and it will provide a nice backdrop to the stage area and where we have small groups perform on Friday and Saturday nights. And um, it goes with our whole, you know, jazz theme. We kind of have a jazz uh, theme going on and we like to play off of you know UOP and um, their conservatory program and you know obviously with having music legend Dave Brubeck um, from UOP and all of the uh, restaurants we feel like there's kind of this music theme starting on the mile Um, you know maybe someday we'll build up uh, if more and more places come in and we have more uh, jazz going on in other restaurants Uh, maybe we'll be the center where people come for jazz, um, not just to go to school, but also to hang out and enjoy, you know, music as they drink their wine and eat their, eat their dinner. That's a great story. There's nothing better than repurposing, you know, taking something and just like you did, set it on its, on its side and, and see what happens. Exactly. That's great. 
Um, we'd like to ask all of our guests, you know, what's your Stockton story? I mean, how, you know, how did you get here? How long have you been here? What do you like about being here? Um, tell us, tell us your Stockton story. We came to Stockton because I applied with the city. And at the time we were living in Livermore, we were thinking about um, starting a winery actually in Livermore. And um, Paul was taking some classes at um, Las Positas um, through their uh, viticulture and enology program in Livermore and working as a wine distributor for Kendall Jackson's um, distribution arm. And I was working for a transportation uh, planning firm in Oakland, and I hated commuting. So I had applied in Stockton, which is a reverse commute from Livermore. And I came and I drove around the downtown, and I walked up and down every street downtown. I spent probably three hours just looking around downtown. And I was amazed by the wealth of really awesome buildings. And there's just so much potential here. And that was sort of at the... Uh, the market was starting to fall a little bit and um, we knew um, and we lived in places especially like uh, Stockton has a lot of potential like Orlando Florida was in their Stockton's position about 20 years ago the downtown was basically video stores and smoke shops and uh, it was really pretty depressing and now downtown Orlando has high-rise buildings where people live. They did a, a built a movie theater um, complex downtown, similar to what we did. And they did a lot of things to bring people downtown. And now that's the place where people want to live. And the highest rents in Orlando are in downtown. So I can definitely see that Stockton um, has a great future. And it might not happen in the next few years, but it's going to happen. And we have this great downtown. So that's basically what brought us here was uh, the downtown and, and me starting to work for the city. And within six months of uh, starting to work there, we moved here and uh, we bought the house um, just off the Miracle Mile. That's the neighborhood we had to live in. Just, you know, the Miracle Mile, you know, with the shops, the history, you know, we could envision what the culture would become. And, uh, you know, we figured that'd be a great place to settle down, raise a family and be able to walk our strollers up and down. And, and that's how we came over there and became residents off the off the mile. We initially actually started looking downtown, but there wasn't anywhere to live downtown at the time. Even the the hotel, the University Plaza Hotel um, at the time was building the lofts uh, upstairs, but they weren't available yet. And if they would have been available, um, you know, before the market sort of crashed, uh, we would have definitely moved into one of those um, if they were available at the time. But there just wasn't anything available at that time downtown. Karma worked out. Yeah. yeah. Things kind of happened for a reason and you got where you were supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to wine and and actually beer. Uh, you guys do serve beer, which is uh, different than a lot of wine-focused places, certainly here in the Central Valley. Um, tell me about your beer selection. Is it just Miller Lite and Coors Light, or do you put a little bit more into it than that? No way. <laughs> no Miller, no Coors Light. Uh, our one light beer is out of Louisiana, Dixie, the jazz uh, light beer. Um, I love Dixie beer. I love Lone Star beer. Two of my favorite American traditional beers. Um, our rule of thumb was uh, beers have to have a playful, fun name. You know, we've already got a couple of great locations on the mile for beer. And, you know, with wine, I just wanted something to, to carry over to where, you know, honey, I don't feel like a glass of wine tonight. I just need a beer. Now you can get that too. And so that was our intent, you know, fun focused beers and then some 
once again, outside the box or across the equator a certain distance uh, on some beers. So uh, Icelandic Porter, you know, that just sounded fun. You know, something made from natural springs that flow from, from lava. You know, um, Monty Python's Holy Ale. <laughs> it, it's brewed over burning witches. I mean, you, you can't get better than that. You know, playful. Um, you know, uh, that that's the intent. Um, you know, we've got a few uh, local legend uh, brewers who have some beers coming in and out. But um, things that they, they're in and out. So, you know, I've got a blueberry ale, a wheat ale on tap. And uh, it's so funny. Everybody's like blueberry i'm like well actually honestly it was my football beer me and my buddies used to get together and have wings and we found this blueberry beer was a great counteractive for all the spicy wings and as we're very macho watching football as bad as our teams were you know the the beer was really fun and so that's that became a mainstay i sense a little bit of your um your wine uh, geekiness, your uh, what do you call it, cork dork. Uh, I I sense a little bit of it um, uh, bleeding over into the beer side too, because beer is uh, can be as technical um, from a variety perspective as as can wine. Absolutely. Um, do you do uh, do you do beer pairings or talk to people about how to pair with beers as well? All the time. <laughs> At the same time, we've got beer flights starting uh, this week as well as wine flights. Finally, our glasses were in that uh, government shutdown embargo in the port. So they've arrived, so finally another part of the menu will come to fruition. Um, but uh, essentially the beer, um, I, I have certain beers on tap and certain bottles to try to cover each category of the beer. You know, the bottom fermenting, the top fermenting, the lagers, the ales, the heavy to light, the stouts. You know, um, I've, I've got to learn about all things beer as well as sake and, and becoming the next level, an advanced sommelier mm-hmm. uh, as well as cigar you know, mm. service and so forth. But uh, beers, you know, I started off in beer. I used to be a DJ way back when I was a little guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, beers are fun. And so the more I got into wine and, and next, you know, finding the different profiles in this and that, as far as the reds and the whites, and the same thing in the beer. So, you know, my nose is in a glass of beer before I just take a drink. You know, why do I smell the coriander? Why do I smell, you know, this that's so, so hoppy? Why is it that way? Mm. You know, you know, is it the, the malted, you know, the caramelizing of, of the hops and so forth. And so there's a, a very playful side to the, the beers, mm-hmm. but very, very serious beers underneath. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I have that wide array for, you know, a little bit of everything for everyone. That That's, you know, a key for me. You know, I want to make sure everybody's comfortable. I mean, even our root beer and vanilla cream soda are done in the barrel from uh, Hank's. You know, it's, nice. they're crafted, you know, right. it's why we don't have a, a soda gun, you know, it's, uh, love it. Gotta have some fun with it. Yeah. So beer's the great common denominator, isn't it? The great equalizer. Um, and, but it sounds like your, um, beers are going to be a little, I mean, you're going to have them for kind of a short time. They're going to always kind of be changing and evolving. Um, is, is that fair to say? Yes. With the menu, um, okay. you know, essentially we'll, we'll have some, you know, that'll carry through. But as the weather changes, you know, you've got to go the same route, uh, I feel, mm-hmm. with some of the wines and some mm-hmm. of the beers. You know, you've got your big Cosby sweater on because it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have, you know, a porter or a stout to go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the IPA might be a little light and you need to go for a Belgian style. 
you know, as it gets colder, you need something to make you feel warmer and more comfortable. And um, seasonally, that's where I'll, I'll drag along the, the different wines and the different beers with the cuisine that David's putting forth. That's a perfect leads me to my next question. We um, we touched on the wonderful uh, deviled eggs. What else um, can we find on the menu right now? With a very big smile. <laughs> our Brussels sprouts are awesome. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts. They're so good. Tell us tell us how they're how they're done. Uh, a little roasting, a little saute, a little salt, a lot of bacon, mm. a little balsamic reduction, nice. a lot of love. Everybody in the kitchen is very proud of the Brussels sprouts, uh, the farmhouse mac and cheese, where we've got, you know, depending on which cheese we're we're going to use that day, it'll translate over with prosciutto and pancetta on top, and done, you know, in a very hearty, you know, entree style meal. Uh, I, that's probably the one thing I do see people taking home in a takeout box. Mm-hmm. Our menu was designed to be small plates, you know. Um, a bite or two here and there, a tapas style like they do in Spain. And um, the mac and cheese is so rich. A lot of people are, you know, sitting and starting to split it, which is absolutely fine. You know, it's a challenge to get to the bottom of it. And that was the point. There's nothing better than mac and cheese with multiple cheeses. And once again, a bacon style thing on top. We also have really good crab cakes. And Paul, Paul grew up in Maryland, so they're, they have to be Maryland style crab cakes. They definitely have Old Bay seasoning in them, which is from Maryland, and um, we've heard that they are one of our—they're one of our best sellers. That everyone just loves them. And then, of course, we have all the panini sandwiches, which um, we have uh, an array of. We have one of them that the chicken mumbo that has mumbo sauce, and mumbo sauce is a sauce out of Washington D.C. So some of those things are picking up on you know places that um, I grew up in Northern California, but Paul grew up on the East Coast. So the menu sort of a a mishmash of um, things that we love or things, places we've been or lived along with our chef and his experience. And, uh, and it, it's fun. It's simple, it's straightforward food and, uh, the kind that you might, you know, go to grandma's house and, and get, and you just feel comfy, just sort of drinking in that casual atmosphere. Probably my favorite panini is the El Cabano. I worked in Tampa for a while and there was a, uh, a shop downstairs in the base of the building I worked at doing computer forensics and you just smell the, the, the pork roasting and essentially the bread. And luckily we have the bread shipped from Tampa to us and, uh, the pork, I got the recipe on how to do the six hour, uh, braising of it to where essentially you look at it, it starts to fall apart, put it on there with the, the traditional, you know, the Dijonese with the pickles and, you know, that's really fun, you know, and, uh, that that's a key for us you know small plates that are, are very fun uh little little areas of our life that brought into play and also for me knowing the importance of you know as cindy works downtown there's so many people that work downtown or locally that need to be in and out for lunch and so that also is another reason why our menu is is more on a fast track as far as the lunch program goes uh, so much so now that we have um set up on our website you can actually order your lunch and pay for it online to where it automatically send a ticket and then call us at the restaurant saying you know you have an order two three four five that is uh, going to be here in 15 minutes so we'll get it ready for everyone i, I know the importance of having to be in and out but not having to go to in and out 
or another place. You know, nothing. I, I believe me, I love animal style, yeah. but you know, yeah. right. just quick pitching back to the office, and then afterwards, then you can come out and relax, sit down, have the deviled eggs and a glass of something. You know, whether you're in flip flops or heels, it's a good place to go. Well, I can't wait to um, go there uh, in the evening and when I have time to um, to have a glass of wine. But I did. I have been there once for lunch, and I did have the El Cubano, and it was amazing. So it, uh, it jumped out at me on the menu, and uh, it's one of those things that I, I had heard so many good things that I figured it, it, it's it's going to have to be great, and it was. So um, it was very good. So talk to me about live music and entertainment, what you guys are doing there. Well, we've got a wonderfully small, intimate stage. So, um, you know, trios and, you know, quartets uh, seem to be the theme. And what we strive to do is, I'd love giving a chance for, you know, a lot of the students who are getting out there and want to really get their chops down as far as, all right, you know, getting a couple of people together and jamming for a while on some off nights. And at the same time, having some people that are really, really fun to play music and the way that they want, you know, organic music to me is, it's, it's real, you know, anybody can sit there in a studio and practice and practice and practice in their garage and next thing you know, like, oh yeah, we're, we're awesome. We're the next big thing. Mm -hmm. But to have, you know, some very humble guys and gals come in like, yeah, you know, we're, we're pretty good and we, we just like to let it flow. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect because Everything about us is kind of free-flowing, and, and that's what I love. Uh, last night, you know, we, we had Wendy Maxwell and her crew, and Great. they rocked it out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we want to be about, more the sense of community instead of going and having people from out of town come in. Mm -hmm. We have so many great people in town. You know, the creativity and, and the arts in Stockton is so vast, and I really, I really believe it's untapped. And so, you know, it, it's... Awesome to be another venue for somebody to get up and just make sure that they, they bring their inner, inner diva out and, right. and have a, a platform to do that with no pressure. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's what I'm trying to do. And at the same token, you know, as far as the arts are concerned, you know, Paula Shiel and gang launched the Tulaberg Press. We, we hosted that event, and it was a wonderful event to see so many people that are involved in the community and wanting to be a part of something great on the Miracle Mile and trying to bring that up as well as Stockton because, like I said, it's it's a very big city but a very small town. And I love being part of this, even though it's a month in. I'm so humbled to be able to sit back and meet so many cool people and listen to some great music too. So. So it sounds like maybe this has exceeded your expectations a little bit, you know, being open, you know, four to six weeks and, and that's a big leap to take, you know, leaving some security and, and, and opening in place. Do you, do you feel like it's, it's exceeded your expectations? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I said, once again, I keep coming back to the word humbling. I mean, this is something that we hoped that it'd be cool and we'd have a couple people come in and out and have some fun, but I didn't expect, you know, so many people coming in and coming out and getting to know everybody's name. That's so very important for me and my staff. And, and we're starting to do that. And it's great, you know, seeing, you know, Charlene and all the other friends from that neighborhood coming in and, and, and people from Lodi coming down and people from Tracy coming up, you know, it's, it's, 
That's a really great groovy thing. So running a restaurant um, is not a uh, part-time job. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it, uh, you spend uh, most of your life um, immersed in the in the in the restaurant. What do you do when you don't when you have time away from the restaurant? What do you guys like to do? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no sleep and and run around and be a crazy dad with the kids and and a good husband. Spend time with our kids, yeah. Last weekend, we went to Delosa Farms to the pumpkin patch, and that's typically um, what we do is spend time with our kids on our days off. Um, it'd be really fun if we had extra time to go wine tasting and do all that. We used to try to, you know, head out to, like, Lodi or Napa at least once a month or twice a month, but uh, lately we haven't had much time to do that. How old are your children? Uh, three and a half and two and a half. Oh, wow. <laughs> they keep you busy. Yes. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, 18 years from now, I'll take a couple of weeks off because Bacchus could run things. But uh, <laughs> in the meantime, um, you know, the restaurant business is a uh, early, well, late to bed and early to rise. Um, you know, got out about, say, 1 o'clock last night, back in at 8.30 this morning and, you know, start the prep in the day over again. And, uh, you know, it's it's very important to me. You know, everything we do is... Um, off the cuff, you know, we don't do any frozen food, you know, it's it, we, we make it from scratch every day and hopefully we've got enough to take care of everybody. If not, we improvise or we might, you know, say, you know what, I've got four orders left and announce it to the crowd. And next thing you know, those four orders are going off like, you know, <laughs> pork belly on the floor, trading floor. So, and, and that's great because this way, you know, I, I know that everybody's going to be happy with, with something that's fast, fresh and, and awesome. So my, the staff is incredibly gifted and talented. You know, we, we brought chefs in from all around California and the United States who just wanted to be part of something different. Uh, our servers are from vast backgrounds and, and learning to be little sommeliers on the fly. Um, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's, I've got this great group of people, all focus goal. And, and most, most all the servers started before we even opened uh, a couple of weeks before we opened, we had so much construction to do. And a lot of people wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, from uh, Elizabeth and, and Trina and Will, you know, these, these guys and gals came in and picked up power tools to an extent, of course. And, um, you know, painstakingly put, help put up the, the boards, hang the lights, work on the penny floor in the Brubeck room. Gluing you know, one penny at a time. One penny at a time, gluing, gluing, gluing. So, but everybody wanted to be a part of it. And same time as we're all sitting on the floor, putting down a couple hundred dollars in pennies, we're talking about, okay, Merlot what great areas do we get Merlot from? And so we get Washington over here, Napa, uh, Bordeaux. So everybody is learning as we're looking at Lincoln time after time. So um, You mentioned the Brubeck room and Penny's on the floor. And so I have to hear more about that. Tell us about the Brubeck room. Well, we, we had a, a small space that we wanted to put together for you know, private parties, whether, you know, it's a family get together or a, um, a business meeting, you know, with, we've got one TV. We don't have a TV up front for a reason. Uh, any bar has a TV that everybody can go in and just watch a game and not talk to each other. So why have that up front when you want to generate conversation? I think it's a lost art. And so 
there's a reason that you know our lights do not dim below what they do at the same time there are no tvs because once again it, i wanted it to be a very social place a neighborhood place to come um and and hang out and talk about this that and the other kids current affairs that's a very strange sounding wine how does it taste you know all these different aspects and so with the private dining room that we have uh we got a barn door sliding track and you know sam cindy's dad is a master welder and was able to put together some of his ideas in his head over a glass of wine and and we've got a sliding door now become semi-private we built a plexiglass wall that we're slowly filling with corks and having that fill up so a private room to where you can either have a wi-fi presentation straight to the tv or people hang out and and have a family gathering or like last night where nobody was in the room but we had a couple groups of couples who just wanted to sit in that giant table and and hang out and talk and listen to music and we wound up having four to five couples and groups of four sit around a communal table which is so important to me mm-hmm. and just meet each other and next thing you know they're sharing bottles of wine and some great fun beers and meeting people i mean didn't realize that they were neighbors lived a block away from each other so this is once again you know a, a great aspect of what we wanted to put together and have all these little nuances here and there the penny floor that cindy had seen in, in the restaurant called lincoln in washington dc mm-hmm. you know to where you know that adds another texture another aspect something fun we see it every single day but maybe we haven't seen it in that aspect mm-hmm. and um I'd like to say it's always money in the bank. So if I need a couple right. bucks for a new wine, I can just Chip peel up the floor. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a teenager, I read rock and roll magazines, and they, they always had these features called uh, Desert Island Disc. You're stuck on a desert island. What three albums would you bring with you? So I'm going to pose the question to you. You're stuck on a desert island. What three bottles do you hope to have with you? 1982 Chateau Latour. 2009 Tierra Roja Cabernet Sauvignon. And probably uh, 2005 uh, Domaine La Romani Conti Latash. And the album Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> there you go. Cindy, any wine or cheeses to add to that list of three? Cheeses. Oh, I am a big fan of Cowgirl Cranberries Mount Tam. It's a triple cream brie. Mm-hmm. I just I can't get enough of it. I also love uh, the Purple Haze by uh, Cypress Grove is really good. It's a goat cheese that uh, kind of is covered in herbs and it's called Purple Haze. And then we also have a two-year cheddar. I can't remember who made it. Shelburne Farms. Shelburne. It's so good. It's it's almost like a, a soft cheddar. It's not super soft, but it's kind of semi-soft cheddar. It's delicious. So Paul can pick the wine. I'll pick the cheese. Yeah, nice. quite a picnic. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Paul and Cindy, for coming into the studio today to um, talk to us about Mile Wine Company. We're thrilled to have you guys in Stockton and on the Mile. Why don't you tell us uh, where folks can find you both in the real world and online if they want to find out more about your restaurant? Well, you can look at milewinecompany.com, our website. Um, Some great pictures of our food as well as uh, pictures of our our location, you know, the wine shop, uh, the deli cases that we have. Uh, as well as you know the areas to sit and relax and uh, also 
learn, you know, where we have our wine tastings in uh, that Brubeck room. Or if it's too big, we actually have it in a wine shop area, which that's been kind of fun. This way, everybody has a tactile sense of what you're drinking and, mm-hmm. and understanding labels. Um, anybody needs me, I'm always there. Numbers 209-465-WINE. And uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash mile wine company and Twitter is at, at mile wine company. And we probably have some other page we're on Yelp and Foursquare and all those. Uh, so we do have a, a Yelp and a Foursquare square deal. Uh, if you check in on Yelp or Foursquare, you get 10% off your first food purchase. And uh, we also have a deal if you order online, uh, if you go to our website and click on order online, you get $5 off your first online order. Great. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call or text us on our listener line at 565-3229. Email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook, username Podcast Stockton. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Paul and Cindy Marsh from the Mile Wine Company. And uh, we hope that you get in there and have lunch or go for brunch, have a glass of wine or a beer and some cheese. Uh, It's a really wonderful restaurant, great addition to the Miracle Mile. They are, again, at 2113 Pacific Avenue. They're online at milewinecompany.com. Of course, they're on Facebook, facebook.com slash milewinecompany. And uh, links to all the things that we mentioned on today's show on the show notes at podcaststockton.com. Until next time, make it great, Stockton.